This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 551, How to Make Your Own Luck, part two, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net, and I'm Justin Mollick, your very own personal narrator. Welcome to the podcast where blogs are read to you so you can take a break from staring at a screen and listen instead. This is with permission from the authors, and today's author is Mark Manson. The post is a little long, so I read half of it yesterday, and I'm finishing it up today. If you're new here or jumping around, I'd recommend listening to episode 550 first. Now let's hear part two of this post from Mark and continue optimizing your life. How to Make Your Own Luck, part two, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. Number two, periodically do something stupid. The perception of luck is more likely to fall on those who take a dumb risk or two. Again, it comes back to our perceptual biases. We notice the spectacular successes and quickly forget about the fizzled failures. If you're on vacation with your buddy and he decides to go on to the strip club by himself at 5 a.m. and next thing you know, he's showing up in your hotel room at noon with two women on his arm and stories about partying with Charlie Sheen all morning, chances are he's not some divine purveyor of fortune, but rather he's had a lot of meaningless, lackluster nights at strip clubs and this time he happened to wander into the right one at the right moment. Spontaneity will open you up to more potential opportunities and adventures. Falling into the same drab, fixed routine is going to yield less unexpected opportunities and fewer possible big gains. There is a horizon to our ability to see opportunities when we pursue certain actions. For instance, we may see the one clear opportunity available if we quit our job or move to a new country or take up a new hobby, but we don't see the other opportunities that job, that move, or that hobby will lead to. For instance, when I started working online, I thought it was my internet business or bust. I either made it work or I'd be dutifully gulped back up by the nine to five world. But over the years, I've met people and had opportunities for business ventures in places as odd as Thailand, Ukraine, and Brazil. I've made friends of different industries in the most random of ways and have developed connections that keep me confident that I'll never have to work a day job again for the rest of my life. And chances are, if I had acted on any of those opportunities, they wouldn't have completely worked out but would have opened me up to a whole new host of opportunities I can't fathom at the moment. Such is success, a long, painful string of failed shots and course corrections. What is commonly perceived as luck is often merely someone who wasn't afraid to screw up a few dozen times. The point is this, be open-minded and spontaneous. The guy with the hideous shirt may actually be the perfect business partner for your new venture. The networking event your brother's dragging you to could actually score you courtside tickets to a playoff basketball game. That guy who sold you coke might introduce you to your future spouse. You never know. Okay, probably not. Number three, maximize your return on luck. Recently, two researchers finished up a nine-year study on luck and its role in determining the fate of the most successful companies in the world. Did tycoons such as Bill Gates simply get bigger, lucky breaks more often? Did software businesses go under when Microsoft thrived because of unfortunate circumstances, because of unpredictable events outside of their control which derailed their company? The surprise answer is no. In fact, the researchers found after measuring 230 luck events over dozens of businesses that the ultra-successful businesses did not receive any more lucky breaks than the companies that failed on average and vice versa. What set them apart is something they dubbed return on luck, ROL. All businesses have positive and negative events impact their businesses in unpredictable ways. What sets the successful companies apart from the others is that they maximize their positive luck and minimize their negative luck. They get a high ROL. 
when Bill Gates found out that he had the opportunity to program an operating system from the original Altair. He stayed up for weeks on end, skipping classes, often not sleeping for days at a time to take advantage of the opportunity. He was able to recognize that this was a once in a lifetime moment and he had the wherewithal to push through and take advantage of it. That's a high ROL. Researchers found that the ultra successful companies regularly did this. And even though other companies were exposed to similar lucky circumstances, the most successful companies took far more advantage of the serendipitous situation. In addition, the best companies were able to minimize bad luck the most successfully, or even in some cases, turn bad luck into a strength and an advantage. The companies that failed, not so much. As soon as disaster struck, they caved. Number four, be optimistic. Not to rattle off the ridiculous list of the benefits of optimism or anything. Optimists are healthier, happier, more successful, more likable, they live longer, etc. But being optimistic and generally expecting the best of people and things around you goes a long way to accomplishing bullet point number one from yesterday, i.e. no one likes hanging out with a negative But beyond just helping you become the most popular girl at the prom, like you've always wanted to be, optimism and overestimation of oneself is more likely to lead to successful performance. Even the belief that one is lucky can alter one's results drastically. Score another point for adopting positive beliefs. But this isn't hocus pocus stuff. Our performance usually rises to the level of our expectations. If you consistently expect yourself to be better than you actually are, then research suggests that you are more likely to improve and have a large breakthrough. A little bit of healthy delusion goes a long way. And in terms of optimism and pessimism, think of it this way. Optimists are more likely to identify a lot of false positives, believing something is good when it's really bad, while pessimists will more likely identify false negatives, believing something is bad when it's actually good. It's not hard to see what is more advantageous. While optimists will sometimes mistake a steaming for pure gold, they will not miss a piece of genuine gold when it crosses their path. Pessimists, on the other hand, will spot every steaming they come across and duly let you know about it, I'm sure but they will also mistake opportunities of genuine gold and let them slip away, kind of like a turd. So are you in the business of spotting turds or spotting gold? You just listened to part two of the post titled How to Make Your Own Luck by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. That ending's kind of funny, but I'm gonna have to bleep out some of those words. And that's it for today. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.